guys. Good morning, world. The Sugar Bear here. Coming at you from everywhere. That's right. Dave and Mary's baby boy. Deborah and Diana's little brother. David Tittle. Welcome to In My Opinion. I'm going to talk about a few th a few things that have been bothering me and have been annoying me, and um, some of you may agree, some of you may not. As I said, it's in my opinion. This is just my opinion. I want to talk about <laughs> you sports fans will know exactly what I mean when I use this phrase: practice, practice, really. Is that what we're talking about? Practice. <laughs> a quote from AI, the amazing Allen Iverson for the Philadelphia 76ers. Practice. We're embarking on um, the NBA playoffs. And yeah, to be perfectly honest, they're not exciting. No. It's not. Once you remove the fan base, once you remove the arenas, then no, it's not exciting. I was a uh, a basketball player uh, of some sorts, and it, it's not the same. What you're actually watching is a practice session. That's it. I mean, you every player that's in the league knows what LeBron, what Lillard, what um, Isaiah Thomas, what uh, the Greek freak, everybody knows what they can do. Everybody. I mean, we've, they've watched tapes. They've played against them. They know what they can do. And there's no excitement in doing it. I mean, once in a while when you're in, in the gymnasium and you're, 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 you're practicing, you know, you'll show off a little bit, maybe do something that's somewhat risky because you're trying it out you would probably never really do it in, during a game, an official game. Number one, the coach is going to get on your behind because it looks like, and it is, street ball. That was the difference between the NBA and the ABA, okay? And then they brought a facet of the ABA into the NBA, which was, of course, the three-point line. Um, we're going to have that. We're going to have that lackluster entertainment when it comes to football, when it comes to the rest of the basketball season and when it comes to baseball, we're going to have it. We're just going to have it because they're, they're team sports and they're sports that are usually played in front of an audience, a crowd, in a stadium. I mean, let's look at history. Let's go back. The Romans, okay, the Colosseum. It was, it was, in, I mean, it was a bit brutal and, you know, I mean, they put Andrew Cleese and, <laughs> against the lion and a bunch of Romans sat, sat up in the bleachers <laughs> and enjoyed watching someone, someone getting mauled to death or gladiators. I mean, it, it's just the nature of the sport. It's the nature of the game. Okay. So we're going to have, it's not going to be as fun. It's not going to, it's not going to have the same appeal as it would if it were not for the COVID outbreak, this pandemic that has locked everybody down. 
So we're just going to have to put up with that, okay, until things get back to what we consider normal. So just be patient. It'll, it, it'll, it'll come back. This too will pass. Second thing I want to talk about regarding the sports is that it really annoys me when people compare. And, and, and the reason that I say this is because I had this conversation with my son. That's where it started. Um, he used the term GOAT. He said, so-and-so, I think Michael Jordan or somebody, was the GOAT. Now, I knew a fella, uh, a man that I played basketball with a uh, hundred years ago in New York, and his name was Earl Manigault. And that's where the nickname came from. We used to call him the GOAT. And to be perfectly honest with you, he was one of the greatest basketball players I've, I've ever met in my life or have ever seen or played against. The, the, the man was phenomenal. Unfortunately, he had problems and he didn't make it to the pros. But he was a, he, make, mark my word, the best basketball player that exists, that is living today, is not playing in the NBA. He's someplace in a park. He's someplace around the country playing in a park. He just hasn't been discovered or he hasn't had the opportunity to be discovered and to get on that stage. But what we have is what you see. So I asked my son, I said to him, I said, uh, what, do, what, what is that, what do, what do you mean? You weren't even alive when Earl Manigault played basketball. What are, you, what are you talking about, GOAT? He said, greatest of all time. I said, and? And then he proceeded to explain it to me. Greatest of all time. Greatest of all time? How do you, what, are you, what are you talking about, I asked him. He said to me, the greatest basketball player or the greatest football player or the greatest of all time. I said, how can you, con how, how can you compare Wilt Chamberlain with Oscar Robinson? How can you compare Shaquille O'Neal with Michael Jordan? How can you compare John Havlicek with Jerry West, the logo? How do you do that? You can't. And when I hear fans, which I, is short for fanatics, when fanatical, when I hear them talking about the greatest of all time, I think it's a misnomer. I think it's, it's wrong because you can't compare a center with a guard. You can't compare a forward with a center. You can't. And not only that, you have different errors. The game, as in all sports, has changed. Every 15, 20 years or so, the games change. Football today is not played the same way it was played in the 50s and 60s. It's not. It's not as brutal. Same thing. The same thing holds true for basketball. Years ago, you could not use a zone. 
You could use a zone in college, a defensive zone in college, or an offensive zone in college. But if you were caught doing that on the professional level, which had to be played man-to-man, you would be fined. You'd be fouled. You'd have a tech. That was a technical foul. The game has changed. You can't hand-check anymore. Back when Earl Campbell played football, back when when um, uh, Danny White quarterbacked for the Dallas Cowboys and Don Meredith, I mean the game was was brutal. It was it was a bone crushing, uh, 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 murderous. <laughs> I mean the guys wore they didn't have plastic cleats that they have today on their shoes. They had metal spikes, metal spikes. They used to step on each other's hands. They used to break fingers. They used to punch people in the poke people and punch them in the eyes. When you played basketball, if you came, if you were a guard and you came into the paint, which we called coming down the middle or going to the basket, driving to the hole, you may be put on your behind. I mean, you know, somebody that's, you know, Bill Russell did it. Wilt Chamberlain did it. Walt Bellamy did it. Wes Unsell did it. I mean, they, they forearm you. I mean, guys got, you know, they got broken up. I mean, it was a much more physical sport than it is today. You can't even hand check today. You put your hands on somebody and it's a, it's, it's a foul. It's illegal. So I don't understand this comparing the greatest of all time. There is no such thing as the greatest of all time. There are game changers. When Kareem Abdul-Jabbar came into the league, he changed the game because of his physicality, his ability. He changed the sport. Now, that's a great basketball player. When Oscar Robinson came in in 61, he changed the game. He was the first guard, point guard, that was 6'5". He changed the game. Until he showed up, the average guard in the backcourt, if he was six feet, six one, he was tall. So, he was a game changer. He was great for what he did at his time and his era. That's all I'm saying. When I hear people talk about the greatest of all time, Magic Johnson, again, six nine, point guard, a game changer. His physicality made him special, made him different from everyone else. The mere fact that he could do what he did at that height, I'm sure many of my listeners have been in supermarkets, hospitals, walking around, and you see a guy, six, seven, walking down the street, and you say to yourself, I wonder whether or not he's a basketball player, or you see a a burly guy, and I wonder whether or not he plays he plays uh, a football. And he doesn't, because he doesn't have the, neither does he have the interest, or he doesn't have the physicality. He's just not that nimble. He's not that quick. He's not that fast. He doesn't have the coordination. Because to play a sport on a professional level, you do need a great deal of coordination. I was in the sauna once uh, at a health club, and I was there with a friend of mine who's a retired um, ice hockey player. 
and there was a young man that had come in, uh, the sauna, and uh, he sat down and we started talking sports. And he said, he was a avid baseball fan, and he said, um, baseball is one of the hardest sports to play. And my friend and I were sitting there talking, and we said, well, yeah, it's hard, but... Um, you know, there are a few sports that are maybe a little bit more difficult. And he said, yeah, like what? So the guy said, I used to be a professional hockey player. So <laughs> the kid said, <laughs> he was young. He said, um, you can't compare hockey to baseball. He said, hockey, he said, hockey isn't that hard. <laughs> and my friend and I looked at one another <laughs> as though, as though the, he was young, as though the kid didn't know he was from another planet. I mean, hockey... Ice hockey, come on. The speed, the size, and to hit a puck, come on. Come on, on ice? I mean, that takes a lot of talent and a lot of skill, okay? not I'm not knocking baseball. Love baseball. I love it. But you can't compare. You can't compare the two. You can't compare baseball with ice hockey. You just can't do it. That's all I'm saying. When, they, when people, fans start talking about greatest of all time what is the best there is no best they're all good in their own categories in their specific ways their own they're all good and we need to acknowledge that and I, this arguing i mean not not unless you just like to argue i mean you know i just don't get it you know greatest of all time talk about the individual talk about the sport talk about the the decade the time frame and then we'll compare positions, people who played certain sports, who played certain positions, and how they stack up against one another. I think that's the only way to have a decent argument or discussion. I shouldn't use the word argument. It's actually a discussion. Now, I like to switch gears. <sighs> I've been trying to stay away from this topic um, for obvious, obvious reasons. Um, it's politics. Um, we just finished the DNC convention last week and I watched it. Very interesting. Um, I'm going to come right out and say it. Um, I don't see Donald Trump losing this election. I hate to say that. But I'd like to be proven wrong. That's why I want everybody to get out and vote and do whatever it takes. If you have to crawl, if you have to climb, if you have to sit out all night, if you, no matter what it takes, do your civic duty. Get out and vote. Get out and organize and stay together. Because it's getting sloppy, people. It's, it, it really is. It's getting sloppy. And we need to we need to tighten it up. Um, there are a lot of things that need to be changed in this country. And as I said once before, I think we're at a turning point. Okay, as we were in 1776, as we were in 1965, and as I think we are in today, as we were in um, at during 9/11, um, we're at a turning point in history. We just celebrated um, the uh, woman's vote, 
19th Amendment, 100 years, okay? Younger people, they hear that number and they say, 100 years, women have been voting for 100 years. And they think, oh, that's, that's, that's a long, no, it's not. 100 years is not a long time. Life is very short. 100 years is nothing but a heartbeat. That's not long at all. And I do think that we as a country are a bit antiquated and um, we do need more women in office. We need more women, governors, senators, judges, law enforcement. We need more women. We need to get rid of this macho male chauvinistic attitude. We have to come together. And if we don't come together, if we don't stick together, this time, right here now, then this time in history is going to pass us by and Donald J. Trump will win the election. He's got help. He's doing everything that he can. Voter suppression, mailboxes. Um, he's got a little help across the pond. A little short guy, about five, eight and a half. I think his name is Putin. <laughs> He's got help. <laughs> so we're gonna have to shut the gates. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to tribe it up. We're gonna have to huddle together, just like the giant penguins do down in Antarctica. We're gonna have to huddle together, and we're gonna have to keep all of that bad energy, that negative energy we're gonna to have to keep it all outside we don't want it in we want to win this election hands down we need the popular vote we need the electoral college we need people to understand that Donald J Trump does not have their best interest in my in heart he just doesn't he I mean look at his cabinet look what he's done he's put you know his croonies around him, you know, his, 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 his yes men, you know, uh, I mean, Betsy DeVos, you know, education. Come on. Really? 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 Okay. Um, you know, everybody that was a part of his initial campaign, his initial cabinet, other than Giuliani, has gone to jail. Manafort, Flynn, he admitted that he lied under oath, but yet they're all out now. Epstein has passed away. I have a sneaky suspicion that his girlfriend is going to be let loose. I mean, it, it's it's a pattern. All you have to do is, as I said at the beginning of my broadcast a few month a month ago, I said. We have eyes, but we don't see. We have ears, but we don't hear. You know, you're listening, but you're not hearing. You're seeing, but you're not, you're looking at it, but you're not seeing it. You're not seeing, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, it's right in front of you. He's doing it right in front of everyone. All right. You know, he's got these dog whistles, you know, make America great again, you know. America has been great for a lot of things, yet she has failed in others. But I think if we all come together 
And if we all unite, then I think we can make America great. Or at least start down that yellow brick road to making her great. It's something that we're all going to have to do and we're all going to have to be a part of. We can't do it alone. We need one another. We need the vote. Stay safe, everyone. Stay healthy. This is Dave and Mary's baby boy signing off. Deborah and Diana's little brother saying goodbye. As always, it's been a stone cold blast. And remember, if David Tittle isn't on your podcast, then your podcast isn't really on. Ciao.